1: Now, fight back with Libby Nimer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon. Bob Compsick. in for Libby Nimer, who is off this holiday Monday, and chances are you are as well on this, the unofficial start to our summer. It's also the weekend, which brings many of us to our knees In our gardens. And before getting a long range look at what kind of summer it's going to be and whether you should get down and dirty in your backyard right now, what would any day these days be without some Donald Trump sprinkled in? And while the U.S. president's continuing his first overseas trip in the Middle East, there's the Russian controversy back home. We'll have a Canadian and American perspective. A couple of guests joining us in the second half hour of the program with their takes. But, of course, we always want yours as well. If you don't have them handy or memorized, the numbers to call in, 416-360-0740. Also toll-free, 1-866-744-740. Remember, while we appreciate you listening, your interaction is just as important. Don't just spectate, participate. Like the name of the show, Fight Back. First up, what's with this weather? One of the more qualified people to discuss that, of course, Environment Canada senior climatologist, Dave Phillips. Dave, happy holiday. And, thank you, Bob. Nice uh, and to be with you. Thank you, and thanks for joining us. Before looking ahead to the summer and what we might expect, how about, I guess, a, a spring refresher, if you will? Like, what were you calling for at Environment Canada, and how's it played out?
2: Well, um, we we certainly, we said it was going to be, uh, you know, a little bit cooler than normal. I don't think we, we said wetter, but I don't think we had any idea it would be as wet as it's been. Uh, uh, we really, I think it's been since January the 1st. Uh, we've set records, uh, or we're, I think, in second place in terms of the of the rainiest um you know say January to May on record and with this week's rain we could we, we could certainly become first place rather than second place but you know Bob it, it certainly has been uh, wet it's been coolish uh, we came through a, a winter that was actually little less snow than normal and actually was warmer than normal uh... we were all happy about that i guess except for skiers and ice fishers but uh... but really it's been the spring that has been really slow to arrive particularly in may i mean we look at the temperatures they've they've been um uh, almost two degrees, more than two degrees cooler uh, than than they normally would be. We've added to the rain, a lot of wet days, not a lot of sun days, and and I think a good uh, good example of that is this long weekend in May. I mean, last year, my gosh, it was three uh, three beautiful days, warm, sunny, uh, good beer drinking, muscle shirt, tank top weather, and this year, well, you know, I guess you know it's not, it's been disappointing, a little cool. Uh, but today's dry, and uh, but yesterday a good amount of rain. So certainly at this time last year from a gardening point of view, um, you know, it was fairly dry, and there was some concern about that. But nothing like that this year. I think getting back in the backyard is, uh, is getting in the muck, and, uh, and now we just wanted to warm up with more sun to, to get things moving.
1: Yeah, I don't know about those muscle tops, but I hear you. I know with the <laughs> with the nicer weather and everything, of of course. And it, I don't know about you, but I just can recall back in the day where we had those distinct seasons where you can pretty much tell by the calendar. Well, well, you know what's coming up. Whereas, is it just memory failing me here, or what? Where it just seems that we don't necessarily have traditional four seasons anymore. And if we have a certain season, some years it's. A lot shorter than it used to be.
2: I think Bob, it's a good point. I mean, clearly, you know, you don't sort of look at climate based on memories of people. I mean, uh, we we tend to uh, filter out the uh, 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 the weather we we don't want and and favor the weather we do like. But I I think you're right. I mean, I think we've seen a more of a blending of the seasons. We know no sharp distinction. Um, We're seeing almost a flip flopping back and forth. It's almost as if you know, the kind of weather's always been sort of a bit unpredictable, but the seasons were always there, you know, it was hot summers and cold winters. And, and what we see now is, is more a lot of uncertainty, a lot of variability, as we call it, uh, uh, wild swings like jokers in the weather deck. It's just back and forth, up and down. It's uh, it's almost as if you have to be prepared for, for, for everything. And uh, so I think that's a challenge. It's a challenge certainly for growers, um, for people who are weather sensitive, uh and, uh, and and it just shows you that, uh, hey, it's always been a tough thing to get right, uh, forecasting the weather. And uh, what we're seeing in Canada that's always been the case is we're seeing in other parts of the world, too.
1: So, if you will, if you don't already have it on, you can reach for your swami hat there and gaze into <laughs> your weather crystal ball, Dave Phillips of Environment Canada, and tell us about the summer. How's it looking?
2: Well, Bob, certainly up to this time, things were looking a little uncertain. I mean, the models weren't settling down. I mean, we we don't officially issue our forecast for the summer until the June 1st. But I've put together, I've looked at the models in the last couple of days. I knew I was going to talk to you, and I wanted to give you the the latest thinking. And, uh, boy, I'm glad we waited because the situation looks like it has improved, where we've gone from something that, oh, my gosh, it could go either way, Um, we think the flavor of this summer looks like it's going to be warmer than normal. Now, I don't think it's going to be, Bob, as warm as it was last year. We had 36 days above 30. That's uh, more than double what we normally would see. But we think that it will be, um, we think that once we get through this May, a little bit cooler than normal, uh, a little bit just hanging around the normal uh, range, we think that once we get into June, July, and August, we think the flavor of the of the summer will be warmer than normal. Now, as I say, not as consistently warm. I think one of the, the marks of last uh, summer was that, my gosh, every week, every month, uh, it's just warmer than normal. We went I mean, 11 months in a row where it was warmer than normal. It was almost like summer like temperatures in 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 october and november so i don't think that's going to be the 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 situation this year but i think the flavor of the summer ahead is is warmer than normal and for people who don't like those hot steamy kind of days i think there'll be maybe fewer of them um maybe saving money on our air conditioning bills so there's always some good news to that so i think comfortably mild is is how i would describe this coming summer
1: well, I don't know. I know it's not all about me. But when I heard that part there, I'm like, I'm with that. I'm I'm okay with that. The extremes I have trouble with, as most yeah. of us do. It's that pleasant, big chunk in the middle that we'd all be okay with. Uh, Dave, just wondering, at any point now, because you're giving us your, your early look at the summer at any point during the summer or any season. do you kind of revisit it as as it were to see how the second half might do
2: you know we do bob we used to not uh, but we would uh, we figure that well you know when you have a three-month forecast you're you know the farther you look out the more uncertain you're going to be so what we do is we do revise that every month so you know on june 1st when we issue it hey we don't just stay with it we'll look back on july 1st and say okay What's the rest? What is July, August, and maybe get into September going to be like? So I think it's always good to consult that to see what the latest uh, uh, is because sometimes the weather gets stuck in a certain kind of of pattern and it just won't leave you. I just it sort of is that. Now, the other good news, I think the Ameri- I look at the American models and and you know, Bob, it always you feel a little bit more certain when different models are saying the same thing and they are also saying warmer than normal. So, it's I mean, I wouldn't bet the family farm or the fishing fleet on that, but I would say that hey, all all indications are that it's going to be uh, a warmer than normal, more, you know, comfortable kind of uh, of summer and i think it um it, but it doesn't say anything about severe weather bob and it's always a good point to raise to your um your great listeners that you know you can enjoy the summer but always keep an eye on the sky you know you we do get uh, lightning strikes and heavy rains and wind and the few odd a uh, wind events so uh it's an idea to, uh, to keep your you know, eye on the forecast and, uh, and plan your day accordingly. The good thing about summer weather is it never really cancels anything. It might postpone it for a couple of uh, half-hour or an hour, but you can get back out into that golf game or that tennis or go back to the beach uh, after you wait out a, a kind of a storm.
1: But then, of course, you've got like the situation, as you pointed out, when we started talking about with the, this part of this section of the spring, as it were, and what, for instance, on Toronto Island, they're having to, to deal with the residents there and all the people that use the island that can't now for a few more weeks because of all the rain. So we, it can not just postpone, but it can postpone it for a little while, too, even, with, even though it's not snow, it's rain.
2: You're right, Bob. There's there's almost that sort of things that have happened way in the past could certainly still be uh, uh, causing, uh, causing grief. I think people going to the cottage this weekend will see in all of the Great Lakes that, hey, there's less of a beachfront there because of, of rising uh, uh, water levels around. The other thing, too, is that, hey, uh, you know, I, I think that with all the ponding and the pooling, Ooh, you know, there may be a lot more swatting going on this uh, this summer. So, you know, let's hope that that isn't the case, but usually that's good breeding ground for mosquitoes and black flies. And uh, so we may very well find a delayed season with that. But um, that's that's another another concern. Uh, but uh, certainly, in terms of, uh, I think this time last year, Bob, we had a lot of dry conditions. There was worry. I think the uh, the landscape of Ontario is looking really green uh, right now, much so more so than last year. So, hey, the different different strokes for different folks. But I, I think it's um, there are some positive things, even though we've had all this uh, uh, this rain. Certainly, won't be using the D word, the drought word, as we uh, as we move into the summer
1: summer season. Environment Canada Senior Climatologist Dave Phillips, as always, thank you for your informative and uh, always entertaining uh, look at the world of weather.
2: Thank you, Bob. Nice to be with you. Bye-bye now.
1: Bye now, and have yourself a good rest of the the long weekend. Thank Uh, you, Bob. You're listening to an
0: exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to
1: one. Fight back with Libby Zneimer on Zuma Radio. And Libby Zneimer will be here once again tomorrow, but Bob comps in for Libby today, and thanks for being with us. Now, the weather can make or break many plans, as our last guest, Dave Phillips of Environment Canada, touched on, but few are as dependent on what Mother Nature has in store than gardening. Zuma Radio's own expert, Charlie Dobbin, on the line now. Charlie, welcome.
3: Morning, Bob. And
1: thanks for pulling uh, double duty this long weekend.
3: I know. I should be out in my garden right now.
1: (laughs) Right now, and we'll let you get to it shortly. And, of course, Charlie, as everyone knows, can be heard here every Saturday morning on AM 740, 96.7 FM downtown when she does join Frank Proctor to answer your questions concerning gardening. And you'll have a chance momentarily to ask her some if you have any and weren't able to get through on on Saturday. So, Charlie, can we start planting now? I know you were joking there you should be in your garden, but... Can we? Should we?
3: Well, you know what? The only thing that's really stopped... Well, there's two things stopping us from planting right now. One is the ground is so saturated after the rain for the last 48 hours, we're best to stay out of our gardens until the soil has dried down a bit. Walking into mucky, super moist, saturated soil actually compacts it so much that, you know, with the weight of us walking and digging and doing all that sort of things, that we can actually permanently... Um, affect the texture of the soil and ultimately do bad things. Like just make it so that it's the structure, the what's called the tilth of the soil becomes damaged. So as much as people might want to get out there and get planting, I'd recommend you not be walking on the soil.
1: So if anyone's in their vehicle, they're just about to pull in the garden center, it's not like you're saying stop, put the indicator on, turn around and go home. It's just don't okay. get out in the garden. That's all.
3: That's right. No, no. Continue to shop because there's great, you know, obviously great choices. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. And wonderful plants to buy. But don't rush to plant them just yet. Um, the other thing you can do, and I've got some good examples at my house where... You know, I've got a walkway, and along the walkway is a a border or a garden, and I've got pruning. My tulips have finished. You know, they need to be deadheaded. I've got a couple of yew shrubs, which are evergreens. They need to be pruned. So I can do all that from the walkway. Like, I don't need to step in the garden to to do some of my gardening, and that's what I'll be concentrating on today, is just staying away from, you know, stepping onto that soggy soil as much as possible.
1: Now, I have more of a brown thumb, I'll admit, than a green one. And even when you say you could do some of those things now, some might say, great, I've got the tools, I'm looking at it. Of course, how much do I take back? Uh, and at what point do I start? Or is this too much? Am I, am I you know, cutting off something that's live instead of letting it kind of fill out? So some tips there for our I listeners. Know.
3: You bring up a pruning, which is, I think, probably the biggest dilemma that most hobby gardeners face they just they're afraid that if they prune they'll kill the plant right uh and there's a tendency to not prune as a result and ultimately that's not good for the plant so you know I guess a couple important things is one is whatever pruning you're doing should be done with sharp tools. So none of these dull, rusty old pruners. Get yourself some new ones or clean up your old ones. Make sure they're clean and sharp and oiled and easy to use, you know, ergonomically. Feel good in your hand or not, you know, struggle to, to try and uh, actually close the pruners. Have the right tools, you know, big loppers for bigger branches, small pruners for smaller branches. And what do we do when we prune? Well, first off... And for many people, if they haven't done this, this is certainly the time to do it, is you look for anything dead. Dead stuff gets pruned out right away. So you follow the dead stems or branches down to live wood, and you cut at the point where the dead and the live come together. You make sure that whatever cut you're making is on a very slight angle, not parallel to the ground, because you want to avoid moisture sitting on that blunt cut, uh, which can then rot and cause disease in the plant.
1: And you say on an angle. So do you do it so there's the overhang so that the moisture doesn't sort of get in there as opposed to having it cut back on a, on a slant, then the water would would just sit. So which way does it matter? Which way you well, cut it's it, a angle slant it
3: away from para, like away okay. from perpendicular. Um, okay. Yeah, parallel, so that water will um, flow off, whether it's right. rain or dew or any of that. So just want to any because remember when we're pruning, we are damn we're. we're um, Um, causing uh, a wound to the plant. And so when we're wounding plants, we want to do everything in our power to make sure that the plant can heal the wound as easily as possible. So that's why just remembering always a a bit of a slight slant. So we're going to prune out dead. We're going to prune out anything that's diseased. So diseased is going to be something that doesn't look right. You know, it's gnarly. The bark is peeling. There's clearly damage. We take that out. So the dead the diseased, and literally the damaged. And there's good examples of damaged after a windy winter because sometimes you'll get two branches growing right next to each other, and in the wind they blow and they rub, and you'll see that the bark is damaged and Um, sometimes both the the pieces that are rubbing together and what we have to do is we have to say okay, pick one, (laughs) pick the one that's in the right place, you know what I'm saying it's growing in the right direction and it's the most healthy uh, branch and remove the one that's causing the damage
1: Okay, I've got one here and I'll just remind listeners, I've got a question from a, a listener, and they're not on the line, but I'll remind people to participate. Don't just spectate. Some are maybe even writing down, taking note of some of the things that you're talking about, and that's fine. But if you have a question for Charlie while she's here, you weren't able to get her on Saturday with Frank, now's the time. 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. So here's a question that I have, and I'm reading it uh f- basically, in their words, uh, I've been building three gardens in my backyard over the past four years. Two of the beds are doing well with mix of perennials and annuals, but a third is on a hill fo- uh, beneath four tall pine trees where the soil of course is thin and it's acidic. This individual's tried planting all kinds of hardy perennials, okay, and a number of others. So far, nothing taking. Thoughts on perennials for this particular garden? Underneath the uh, pines, the pines yeah, right.
3: And on a hill. So you yeah. you're talking really challenging. <clears throat> Particularly, like Dave mentioned, you know, last year we, we were so hot and so dry. Hillsides, of course, dry out faster than, than anything, so trying to establish a new garden under those conditions, like you're saying, acidic, probably slight. She doesn't he or she doesn't tell us what direction that slope is facing. Of course, facing south, it's going to be super hot, you know, with the sun beating down on it. Um, and, uh, and, so, and how much shade those pines are actually um, casting on that garden would have impact. So what would I do? Well... Okay, first off, I'd say, why are you trying to grow on that hill? But, okay, you have to grow something on a hill. I would, depending on the, okay, I've done this before where I've planted on hills that are quite shady and also quite acidic because of big trees above. And I've used landscape, excuse me, removing all the weeds, all the grass, whatever's in there, bare soil. Then getting large swaths of landscape fabric. So that's that black, fabric that's almost like j cloth it allows moisture to go through but it doesn't allow weeds to come up from below and you get little like tent pegs and you peg the fabric across you know firmly to that that area of the garden that we're attempting to to start growing so now we've got that hillside with a big black fabric on it then depending on this how steep the slope is i would use i've used a ladder where i lay a ladder on the hillside uh you know big long step ladder And you climb up the ladder because you don't want to be walking on that hill because you don't want to loosen that soil. You're trying to stabilize the slope. And with a sharp uh, knife or a box cutter, cutting little X's in the fabric and then planting into, through the fabric, into the soil below and planting something that will handle the conditions. So depending on sun and shade, I've done it. I've planted things like periwinkle, pachysandra, um, you know, sort of acid Tolerant, you know, low pH tolerant plants that are ground cover that will fill in that area. Um, but again, I'm not sure if this person was looking for perennials. I mean, those are perennial evergreen ground covers. Little yews could go into a situation like that. You know, little evergreens for some structure. Um, but the smaller the plants, when they go in the easier it is to get them going because they're, more young, they're younger and they're more vigorous. And it's easier to plant smaller plants into challenging conditions as well.
1: My bad, Charlie. I failed to mention, I guess, or maybe I just thought you might get uh, get that impression, but that it's basically in total shade. I know it's underneath. Right. Yeah, so does that matter then if there isn't really much sun exposure then?
3: Oh, yeah, for sure. All plants have different light requirements. One of my all-time favorite perennials for low-light conditions Um, But they do need moisture. I mean, this is a challenge, right? Moisture's got to be part of this establishing of this garden. There is a perennial called Helleborus, so H-E-L-L-E-B as in Bob, O-R-U-S, Helleborus. It's an evergreen. It blooms in the spring. The deer don't eat it. No bugs eat it. It's a really sweet perennial, um, and it will grow very well in low-light Um, under a pine tree, very happy plant, but moisture would be the limiting situation. So this person's got to make sure they've got the ability to water these plants and not cause everything to erode at the same time. Sometimes I use rocks to stabilize a slope. I'm actually working on a project right now, not far from our studio uh, in uh, the High Park area, where it's a slope where we're We're bringing in big boulders, and, you know, we've got a crane to place them, and we're going to work smaller and medium-sized boulders into that and then plant into the pockets around. But that's a sunny hillside. So, you know, different sun exposures dictate the plants we can use within. But certainly rocks can help dramatically to stabilize the slope.
1: Okay, Charlie, now I feel like Frank. We've got some some callers on the line. The only difference, you're not in studio with us, but that's fine. It's a holiday. We won't, we won't hold it against you. <laughs> First one up, we've got uh, Debbie from Tiverton. Welcome. Happy holiday. And you're here with Charlie, so I'll step back, and you two go ahead.
3: Morning, Debbie.
1: Hello, Debbie. Okay, let's just hang on one second here. My bad, Debbie. I think it's my fault. Go ahead now, Debbie. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
3: Hi. Good morning, Debbie.
4: Hi, Charlie. I'm calling about apple trees. Mm-hmm. Um, I did wasn't able to get dormant spray on my apple trees because it, it was either too wet, too cold, or too windy where we are mm-hmm. um, this year. And now my blossom's out, and I understand you shouldn't put any spray on when the blossom's there, but what's what's
3: my next step? What should I do? Hmm. Well, it's too bad because with all this rain, I mean, I don't want to be... Um, uh, news bearer here, but all this rain and all this high humidity is just perfect for diseases. And right. of course, apple scab is one of the worst diseases for uh, apple trees. And apple scab gets established n- now when the uh, little tiny apples are just being created. So challenging for you for sure. And you're right. No spraying when blooming. Right. So once the p- petals have dropped, Mm -hmm. Um, Go back to your dormant kit. It will have some recommendations on the kit for how to use it on non-dormant plants. Okay. Right? So it's going to talk about, like, you won't be using the oil at the same strength you would back when it was dormant, but you certainly can use the lime sulfur. Mix okay. with water, and again, it will have summer instructions or post-dormant instructions on how to use that kit. Okay. Um, and so definitely do that, and, and you're right. You have to work with the weather. Weather You can't spray when it's raining. It's kind of a waste of time, right. and it's never fun when it's windy. But, um, but yeah, this is um, – on the one hand, we're loving this rain for all the green and, you know, the very flor- lots and lots of flowers, but it is going to be a high disease uh, level for um, spring diseases particularly fungal diseases with all this moisture
4: right and the one one apple tree had um... it i don't know if this is apple scab but it had it almost had like black dots that were like a dimple on the apple but it went right inside into the inside of the apple apple scab
3: okay starts now so if we had it last year chances are we'll have it again well yeah apple scab yes it does it's a a spore that floats through the air and does infest and infect uh, fruit trees and this year, I imagine, is going to be that much more scab floating around because of the high humidity. Okay.
1: Okay, okay Debbie, we're going to have to keep it moving along. I hope I hope Charlie's answered enough of your questions there.
4: Thanks
2: very much.
1: You're welcome. You. you have yourself a good holiday. You too. Okay. Thank you. All right, next up, we've got uh, Mina from uh, Toronto. Go ahead, Mina. You have uh, Charlie Dobbin on the line with you.
4: Hi there, Charlie. Hi, Bob. Hi, Me, Mina. I'm going to be... Um, Pulling off all the old sod on my inner city uh, backyard mm-hmm. and relaying new sod, and we're going to have it regraded the whole bit. Mm-hmm. And my first instinct is to just crop off my 20-year-old Alberta spruce, my 25-year-old lilac bush, and uh, the same age of my dogwood, and start with a new pallet again. Mm-hmm. And then I start to feel um, sad that I'm that I'm doing that because the Alberta spruce is fine, but I would need to move it about five or six feet to the right. Um, the other part, of course, is that uh, my, my lilac is, uh, um, it, I think it has had bore that it survived from, mm-hmm. that the, the trunk is all um, um, cracked open and so on, but the lilacs are still bearing lots of flower, but it's gone all leggy and spindly. So is, is it worth saving my lilac, and can I move a blue spruce?
3: The yeah, Alberta spruce.
4: Uh, yeah, sorry, an uh, no, Alberta spruce. When it's yeah. been
3: there for 25 years, I would say not easily.
4: Okay, because it, it's quite grand now, considering how little they are. It's not a, a puny little thing. It's No, it's thin. probably
3: 8 feet tall by now. Uh, well, maybe close. Yeah, I mean... Technically, yes, it can be done, but it has to be done properly, and it's quite a big deal to move something that big. But it, it is on one side it doesn't grow very well, and then on the other side it looks very lovely. Right, because the, it's on the north side where it doesn't grow or ah,
4: that's or that, exactly. Yes,
3: it's the south side that's all yeah. kind of dead and spindly. Right, so because it's, cause it's the light, the plants will always respond to light, and of course, spruce loves to get some sunshine, etc. Um, when we ban- see that's a the thing when we plant little tiny plants is we usually put them too close to fences, mm-hmm. and then they grow, mm-hmm. and then they can't grow where the fence is, and then that all dies off. But we don't really see that. So <laughs> we, we don't really worry about it until we're replacing the fence or something. Oh, t- you got my number. That's exactly what happened. What
4: about the lilac? Shall I? The lilac is, is almost two stories tall now, or, you know, a story and a half tall. Mm-hmm. And and the the lilacs are beautiful on the top, but I, I didn't prune it correctly. You would have scolded me for sure. And if I did start again, if I just it out and start it again I will be much more disciplined to continue to make it a bush
3: <laughs> so you know what I would say don't feel bad about replacing 25 year old plants okay it's something that people don't often realize is that you know we we paint our dining rooms every 10 years just to freshen them up and mm-hmm. don't think twice about it but we don't always think about replacing our landscapes for the purpose of freshening them up particularly ones that we're either seeing out the, the, the back window or the ones that are at the foundation of the house. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many clients I go to where, you know, a nice foundation garden was placed around and planted around the base of the front of the home 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. Now here we are. The plants are completely out of proportion with the home. You know, the bungalow now looks like a dollhouse because everything's gotten way too big, never pruned properly, and, and it's, like it's time to just say, okay, give it up. Get rid of those plants that are not doing you any favors and start again. Freshen okay. it up, and and you're right. Prune, maintain, and then you won't, you won't be need to do the replacement in 25 years. Okay. Absolutely. Well, that's that's terrific advice, and you've given <laughs> me the courage to to do what I instinctively thought was right. Okay. All, All right. right. Thanks good, good luck with that.
1: Mina, thank you for calling and Don't mean to cut you off there, but uh, thank you for your participation and your questions, and Charlie, obviously for your. Your help there with with Mino. I think we'll take one more before our break. We've got uh, Joan from Oshawa who has a who has a question here for Charlie Dobbin. Go ahead, uh, Joan.
5: Hello, Bob. Hello, Charlie. Hi, Hello today.
1: Good, thank you. Go ahead with your question, okay. Joan.
5: Okay. I want to know. I we just purchased a hydrangea mm-hmm. and a European snowball. Mm-hmm. Now, can they be planted now, mm-hmm. or should should we wait? And what sun do they both like?
3: Uh, okay great question yes they can be planted now other than what we were saying about the sogginess of the soil so you might want to you know wait until the soil's dried out a bit even just a couple of days will make a difference there okay uh, so i would do that the sun they require is a minimum of a half day sun and the preferable sun for the hydrangea is morning sun right so dappled throughout the day you know under a small leaf tree or Eastern location for that morning sun, western um, shade, because a hot afternoon sun is hard on hydrangeas. Yeah. And the highbush cranberry or the European snowball, it would prefer to be in full sun. So if you can put it in a place where it's getting, you know, minimum six hours of direct sun every day, that would be the best.
5: Yes, because uh, one side of the house faces south. Mm, perfect. And uh, at the corner, it's southwest. Mm-hmm. So, um, How big do the snowball now? It says on the thing uh, 8 to 15 feet. True. If you don't prune it, it will get that big. Okay, so it's best to have it pruned every year?
3: After it flowers.
5: After it flowers.
3: Right, and they're flowering now or in the next two weeks because that's a spring or early summer blooming shrub.
5: Yes, this one already has the little snowballs on it.
3: Yeah, perfect. So when it finishes flowering, it is the time to prune. The first year usually isn't as important, but Going forward every year, absolutely, prune for shape, prune for health. This year, you'll prune for health, you know, for anything dead,
5: anything diseased, or anything damaged. Right, and it's it's best to prune prune them rather after flowering. Correct. In the spring. Yep. Well, that's good to know. How long do they flower? Depends on the weather. You know that when it gets really
3: hot, everything just... The flowers finish so quickly. You know, we saw our tulips go from beautiful to super ugly between, what, was it Tuesday and Wednesday when when the temperature doubled overnight. So when it gets really hot, flowers go very quickly.
5: Yeah. I love a cool spring. Yes, I do, too. And I like a cooler summer, too, without (laughs) high humidity. Well, that's why I love what Dave said. Yeah. He said it's going to be warmer than normal but comfortably mild.
1: So there we go. We'll save on the electricity.
5: Yeah I really appreciate it um, And a calla lily mm-hmm. yep. uh, We also I just got it yesterday I just nice. purchased it yesterday It's not in bloom No But it's in the pot And does it uh, like the full sun? Uh, it can
3: go in, It should go kind of where the hydrange is going Morning sun, afternoon shade is
5: best Okay, okay, Okay. that's very good to know.
1: Okay, Joan from Oshawa, I hope that uh, Charlie's answered all your your questions there. And Charlie uh, has,
5: and I thank you both very much. And have a wonderful day.
1: You thank as well, you. Joan.
5: Thanks very much.
1: Thank you. Bye. And uh, Charlie Dobbin, thank you for joining us. Like double duty Saturday, and then here you are on the holiday Monday, keeping you out of your garden.
3: No worries. So, hey, Bob, you know what? Yes. one thing I, I neglected to mention? When you were saying, you know, can people get in their gardens like today? And I said, yeah, just don't go in the soil. Right. I neglected to mention that a really good thing to do today and for the next few days is plant up the container gardens. You know, that's the kind of right. thing you can put a big pot on a table, on the picnic table, on the patio. You're not messing around with your, your regular garden soil and plant them up. Get those herbs planted. Get those flowers planted. Get a, You know, get those tomatoes. Well, maybe not the tomatoes just yet, but get the, certainly the carrots and the radishes and the lettuces in the ground.
1: Well, there you go. There's more for us to uh, to chew on until Saturday, when you'll be back with more, and there'll be more questions from uh, from our listeners here on sure. Zoomer Radio. Thanks again, Charlie.
3: My pleasure, Bob. Have a great weekend.
1: You as well. Well, something that well, has no end tr- of the day. Yes, thank you, Charlie. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.